because uh, it starts off with Dracula in his castle and, you know, he meets his wife and the nuance that, and they managed to tell a complete tale in a single 30 minutes, very cohesively and concisely with such nuance. Dracula is dead by my hand. And the hand of his speaker. On the hand of the last of the Belmonts. It might be a horrible night to have a curse, but it's a fantastic time to be a fan of the Castlevania series. Uh, for this week's relevant review, I have Take On Mike and Chris from Chroma Glitch. Both can be found on Twitch if you want to check them out. And they will be joining me this evening to discuss the show, the the whole season, what they thought of it, how we feel about it, uh, our own personal interest in the games, and anything else related to the to the show itself. Uh, question is, where do we even start? I think we should start from the beginning of the show, like straight, right from season one, just for those who may not be entirely familiar with the with the series itself, and go from like what we thought of the show when it first began and just as a short a short intro and then go on to the main show from there uh you guys i assume of course have been watching this show from season one uh which was like three years ago now it's uh it's not a show that's coming out very quickly uh they're they're pretty much doing it when they when they get it done that's often the best approach when he watched the first season did he think it was going to be as good as it ended up being or were you just kind of expecting like oh this is just it's another it's another video game adaptation and we all know the reputation they used to have uh let's start with mike yeah i honestly thought it was just going just going to be awful you know you get some (laughs) absolutely terrible ones and I, I didn't know a lot about castlevania to be you know to be upfront, i didn't know a lot about them to start with but i had a feeling they were going to butcher a lot of it but i think it was about three or four episodes in was, yeah they've, they've done well with this the first season was uh was only three or four episodes long um I know I'm the one who's definitely coming into this as like the hardcore fan. Uh, I even managed <laughs> to track out like some of my uh, old DS games and stuff. Order of Ecclesia, uh, Dawn of Sorrow, uh, Castlevania X, all those old ones. There's more, but I couldn't find the cases, unfortunately. And when I watched the first, just from the first episode, I was like, holy shit, this is actually faithful to the story. (laughs) And for any video game adaptation, that right there was frankly a miracle because most video game movies, from my experience, just do not give two flying Fs about quality of the story. They just... A video game, used to me, used to be like an excuse you just make a movie like, oh, here's a license just sitting around. Uh, let's make a movie out of it. And the results were all often terrible because people didn't care about the source material. 
Uh, Chris, how about yourself? What did you think of the show, like, when you saw the first season and came out of it as someone who had, like, almost zero experience of the franchise? <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. Like, because from the first episode, you had the relationship with... Um, Oh, wait, that's right. Not really too many spoilers, but... Um, well, no, it, I think the first season is okay. We can uh, go into simple kind of details for that. Okay, okay. But, like, yeah, because it starts off with Dracula in his castle, and, you know, he meets his wife, and the nuance... That, and they managed to tell a complete tale in a single 30 minutes very cohesively and concisely with such nuanced voice acting the animation style was very slick and clean and the action scenes throughout the rest of the first season were spaced out relatively throughout each episode but there was typically about one every or every other episode and all in all it was fantastic being a pretty newer fan to get into and i'm like man I should probably go find some games and uh, get more into the lore and universe. I thought watching the uh, first season, it was pretty incredible. Did you pop into many of the games afterwards? Have you had a chance to explore some of the newer ones or and some of the older ones since you um, played the, like did, did the show actually encourage you to play the games? So I have seen that uh, I think I think it was Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, was coming out on mobile. I have, you know, some things saved up to get that, allocate some phone space and play through that and just experience that for the first time going in blind. Can't wait for that. That's uh, Symphony of the Night, which in many people's opinion is probably the best game in the entire series. And that only came out on phone recently. I like, I just woke up one morning and I was like, Symphony of the Night is on mobile phone. What the hell? And it's got controller support. And it's like, this, this, it's, and it's only four euros. For those who are interested and want to have never played like Symphony of the Night before, uh, it's on Android and iOS for four euros. That is like an absolute steal for what many people on this show have like considered like one of their favorite games of all time for music, for uh, level design, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a phenomenal experience. Definitely check it out. And you mentioned Dracula's story and how they actually gave it like nuance and stuff. And I was legitimately surprised myself. It's like, has any vampire story ever made you want to like sympathize with Dracula? Mm. I, I don't know about you guys, but I personally can't think of one that uh, ever decided to take that approach. It's like, maybe the only, what was that? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say the only other one I can think of would be like uh hell scene abridged with a uh, Alucard and the Dracula dynamic there. But yeah, other than that, not really. That's not the old one with Hugh Jackman you're talking about there. Is that another one I'm not aware of? Uh, 
It may have been. I'm gonna. I might have to go back and look on that to see who is a voice actor for Alucard. Oh, it's voice acting. Okay, in that case, it would not be. It would be uh, something. Uh, I'm thinking of oh. the. It was like early two thousands movie. This was just after Hugh Jackman became famous as Wolverine, and he got the role as Van Helsing. Clearly, people have already forgotten about that movie. <laughs> you're, you're you're not missing much. Uh, for those looking below. This is actually the original Castlevania games that this movie is based on. Or, or sorry, TV series is based on. And the it's Castlevania 3 and Curse of Darkness, which is where Isaac and Richter came from, as well as, well as uh, Saint Germain, um, who was a character that even I couldn't remember going back into the series. But... We'll get onto that in a bit. He was one of the highlights for this this season for me, voiced by the amazing Bill Nighy. What what a phenomenal voice actor! What a man! Are you guys familiar with his work? Uh, oh, I yeah. I imagine Mike probably is because he's actually an English actor, so he's probably seen him a lot more than uh, you may have, Chris. Mm -hmm. Mike, are you familiar with his work? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I absolutely love him. He was in Doctor Who too, or not? That, sorry, he was it. Well, he was in Doctor Who, but that's beside the point. Um, he was in Harry Potter for if people needed like a reference for something. Shaun of the Dead as well. Shaun of the Dead. I have not seen that movie in a long time. Oh. I should probably. Oh, I thought you were going to say you haven't watched it all. It's like no. Trust I'm me, done. I could shock you for the next hour with the amount of great movies that I have not seen. <laughs> uh, it's kind of blasphemous, to be honest. Um, and this the time. voice the voice cast in this movie uh as a general rule just absolutely kills this we have uh james callis as alucard trevor uh by rickard Ar richard armitage uh sifa i am going to absolutely butcher this name uh alejandra rinocho agueda i'm not familiar with his her work but she is absolutely my favorite character in the uh, and a surprising voice cast for this season that really impressed me and surprised me going back to Harry Potter again was Jason Isaacs uh, who played the judge and he would be more famously known as Lucius Malfoy from the Harry Potter series and you wouldn't even realize it was him. The guy has a... He's been doing a lot of like voice stuff recently and he's just a fantastic talent. Uh, See, I didn't actually realize that until you pointed him out, but now I can hear it. You didn't? No, I didn't no, know I, that. I kept noticing that Jason Isaac's name was coming up during the credits and I was like, who the hell is he playing? <laughs> and it turns out that he's playing the judge and kind of funny because for anyone who's played Lords of Shadow... He actually does the voice of Lucifer in those games as well. Um, so he's kind of double dipping. Like In that game, he's playing uh, Satan. And in this game, he's playing a, a picking priest. So yeah, got to wonder if he's got a personal appreciation for the franchise or what, that he keeps uh, signing up for it, or, or if he's just such a incredibly... Uh, talented actor that they just keep wanting to signing him for everything um 
For you guys, what characters really stood out for you the most? Uh, specifically in this season? Uh, well, I'll, we'll go with you first, Chris. Uh, the characters that stood out for me going back to it was St. Germain. Um, from the first episode, we see him introduced and he kind of has a little bit of a hidden hand approach to taking on things. And the way his character interacted with the other ones, I thought was just brilliant. Always had a bit of a hidden motive, um, which we discovered later, of course, in the season. And uh, the way he... There is a scene, too, where I guess the best way I can describe it without any spoilers is, like, tripping through time, <laughs> essentially. Probably my just, favorite sequence in the whole uh, whole series. It was it was amazing, and uh, besides that, I think one of my favorite characters was a new introduction. Of, of course, the returning cast is all excellent: Trevor, Saifa, um, Alucard. Um, but Prior Sala actually really had such a case of like madness and this warped sense of self and reality and the way that character dynamic and interactions he went bugs across the was... hell out of me I, was... <laughs> I i i i i didn't like him but not in the sense of like i thought he was a bad character i was like i didn't like him in the fact that i like and i think that was kind of the point you weren't meant to <laughs> you weren't meant to appreciate this guy sala was a cool and creepy character he definitely got the creepiness down. I was like, every time he comes on screen, I was just like, my skin just, just like. Oh, just everything crawling. Get this, get this man away from me. It's like, gross. Uh, what What is this man's issue? I paused this for a second if you're looking on the stream. This guy here, this is actually what Saint Germain looked like in the game. And it's a drastic shift from what we ended up getting in the. Yeah freaking top hat and everything i'm surprised he doesn't have a monocle just to uh just to knock home the stereotype apparently this was a real person uh saint germain he was a french nobleman and reading up on the history of him apparently nobody actually like really knew what his real name was and he used to make up all these kind of like crazy stories about himself and like like he used to claim that he was 500 years old and stuff like that and there was people that actually believed him and he was you i only discovered this like this week and he was involved in alchemy and all that kind of stuff so there's actually a huge amount of real world history uh that they took when they created that character and his look was definitely more authentic than this <laughs> So for me, Saint Germain was easily the standout of the show. Just, just Bill Nighy. Honestly, Bill Nighy could play anything, and I'd probably just automatically love it. He could play Tony the Tiger, and I'd be like, "That's <laughs> the greatest Tony the Tiger ever." Uh, just he just he just knows that man knows how to act. It's uh, he can emote in a like a very wide range of questions. Um, what about yourself, Mike? Who stood out for you? Isaac for me. Isaac, I absolutely yeah. adored Isaac. I wait. I wish I, I, Isaac, as in 
the Forge Master. The oh, Devil Forge I was thinking Master. Jason Isaac. Okay, yeah, Isaac the Forge Master. Yeah. Uh, continue. Yep. But I think he's the one. He's the one that I liked from the very start. From again, without too many spoilers, that opening cutscene where he's drinking in the pool. As yeah, it goes completely insane. Uh, but, Isaac um, was his character. That would be going to the spoilers, but I was definitely surprised to see where his story went in this yeah. one. Um, yeah. But going back to Saint Saint Germain, I think I think they did a bit of disservice to him because, as you were saying, in the game, he was supposed to be a fully fledged time traveler, but they never really. I find they never really fleshed him out, if that makes sense. It's like he has his little necklace, if you look closely, the hourglass. But it's never made clear if he can do that at will. I feel like that was probably intentional. Mm. Uh, That's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping it goes somewhere in season four. Because that will actually get into like the specifics of the episode itself. and Yeah. Or the season itself and how it was structured. So that's mm. definitely a point we will uh, get back to. For those who haven't seen the show, uh, whether it's season one or season three, I would highly recommend you. Uh, once the show is over, of course, go onto Netflix and watch it. Mm. It's something special. I could... It is a superb bit of writing. I could go so far as to say I believe that this is like redeemed and validated video game adaptations to alongside stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. Uh, this is actually <laughs> this is actually told Hollywood that like, yes, there's actually a market here. There's actually people who are interested in this stuff. You, you just need to... Uh, service it well uh stay true to your source material the last of us uh, just got confirmed to be turned mm. into a tv series and it has neil Druckmann, the actual director of the games himself signed on as executive producer basically ensuring <laughs> that like it stays authentic to the yeah. source material so uh there's a lot of potential there and <laughs> everyone is saying that hugh jackman should pay joel that would be cool. That would be pretty freaking cool, I think. Uh, let's be fair. Uh, Logan was basically Last of Us with mutants. Uh, yeah. If you actually sit down and think about that movie for five Last seconds. Last of Us with an X-Men skin. There's like, there's like even a scene where like he's holding the, the wheel and uh, Laura is like looking out the window and it's like an image for image shot of that exact same scene from the from the video game so i feel uh we should actually get on to discussing the specifics of the show itself and season three unless there's any other uh particular points about the past seasons or the characters that you guys would like to uh mention uh no not from me Oh, actually, there is one character I would like to also give uh, a lot of credit to, and that was Lenore. Yes. She is a completely unique character to the TV series, and she really surprised me. Because in like, the first episode, she's just kind of there, not really doing much. But 
by the end of the season, I kind of felt like she was the one in charge of everything. And uh, Carmilla was just a kind of like, why is Carmilla even here? What, what is Carmilla even doing? <laughs> she doesn't feel like she's really contributing much to this army besides uh, shouting a lot and just generally being angry. Generally being angry. She's the motivational speaker. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are going to bring up the spoiler uh, message now. And basically, from this point on, we will be discussing the specifics of the show. So if you don't want to have anything spoiled, uh, take that into consideration starting now. Uh, so let's start at the beginning of this or the season and uh, where things went from uh, episode one. Uh, I personally felt like this show started off really slow. Did any of you get that impression yourselves from watching it? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, would you care to elaborate? Uh, what What do you think was... Uh... First... Oh, sorry, Chris, if you want to go ahead. No, oh. no. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say, because the first episode, I believe it starts off with Alucard, and he's in, you know, Dracula's old castle, and it was above the Belmont hold, and it's this sort of brilliant image it starts off as, in that, you know, birds are chirping, it's nature and daylight, and he's just essentially living a kind of Minecraft life, just fishing, <laughs> cooking things up. And I I did enjoy that it cuts to these little dolls of Trevor and Sypha, and he just starts imitating the impressions. Like, <laughs> it's it's hilarious little bit. And then it's kind of, oh my I, God, I, I, I've gone mad. Like, it's only been a month. His That's the part that was funniest about it. It's like... You think like maybe he's been alone for years or something. It's like no, it's it's only been like four weeks. Mm. The, the poor man's already losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he learned to make dolls in the meantime too. Just uh, crushing a little doll in the meantime. <laughs> oh, it was it was adorable, but I did feel like I felt like. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this well. It was... There was more setup in these episodes than there was, like, an actual plot. We kind of... I feel like this season, uh, to, especially in the first half, of the first four episodes, stuff did happen near the end to, like, kind of balance it out. But for the first couple episodes, it kind of felt like they were just setting stuff up for the future. And the first episode, as we kind of felt like they were just trying to remind people like what the show was actually about, as opposed to really kind of progressing uh, anything significant. This is who Alucard is. This is who Lifa is. This uh, ever is that kind of thing. And I personally kind of wish that they'd maybe put a little more time into. Uh, pushing the story forward. That said, what we did get character-wise, bloody phenomenal. Uh, like you said yourself, Chris, the 
stuff with Alucard was was funny as hell, but I actually feel like he was the most underused character in this season. And that kind of disappointed me a little because he's essentially the main character of the franchise. It's not the Belmonts, it's Alucard. Uh, what about yourself, Mike? What did you think of the first episode? Yeah, the, bit, the bit with Alucard, that was... I wish they'd spent a bit more time at least, you know, fleshing out his descent into madness because it was done, you know, over a space of five minutes for a month. I'd have preferred if it was like, even if you just watched him do his boring human tasks for you know three or four episodes just to like show him quickly spiraling down and then bringing out that human half of him. I'd say that would have been, that would have made it a bit better, in my opinion, anyway. But um, yeah, I I do agree that it just felt more of a setup for season season four. There wasn't much in the way of progression up until the final two episodes. And in any other show, I would like consider that like a deal breaker. Like, yeah, why am I even watching this? But yeah. character moments were so strong. There's, uh, I just, I, I do love the way that they um that they show. Cypher and Trevor now though. I was, like, just, you, I was just gonna say yeah. the same thing. That was so yeah. endearing. Yeah. Uh, I must like, I actually loved that bit. Anyone who's like in a long term relationship, just mm. th- those kind of scenes where they're just like chilling. Yeah. Just having these like yeah. completely just the bits where yeah. They're in the cart and talking about putting like your ice cold feet on her back on his <laughs> back. It's just like, yep, like, I tiny... deal with that. My my tiny cold face is like that that that's 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 something I am personally familiar with myself. It's like yeah, uh, they are such a cute couple. They are really adorable, oh. and I do feel like maybe the kind of way it's presented is maybe a little too modern for the time setting. Yeah, but it's so adorable. I just can't help but love it and. It's sincere. I think that's the best way you can put it. Like yeah. the the scenes in the bed where they're just relaxing and talking. Yeah, anyone, you, you can feel like the writers maybe pulled from like personal experiences yeah. with that. Yeah. For a and show bit... that's so dark and depressing and dark and depressing. And <laughs> yeah. Did I mention it's really dark and depressing? Uh, maybe once. <laughs> you need those kind of moments to kind of yeah. offset things and not make it just. Yeah. I feel when he first gets to the village and um, he manages to get his first beer, he like, trickles it down. Like, oh my God, this is better than sex. <laughs> and you just pan over to that shot of Cypher. It's like, oh, oh, you've said it. You don't say that. Yeah, you don't say that. Better than sex, huh? Well, enjoy sleeping next to my old ice cold feet tonight. Yep. <laughs> oh, this every episode is just petered with these like perfect moments that's yeah. just really just imp- realistic moments. Yeah, there's it, it's not this season isn't even so much about the story as it is about the characters and just building up characters and I think that's actually what sets it apart from most video game adaptations and that they're actually focusing <clears throat> on these people and turning them into real people instead of just like blank slates that go around killing monsters like let's be honest that's what they are even in the video games but when you're playing a video game at least 
30 years ago, you weren't that invested in the story. Yeah. Uh, nowadays you would be, but uh, not so much back then when you had uh, 16 kilobytes of memory and <laughs> 14 colors on the screen. Uh, I must admit, I think that's what separated it, as you were saying before, you know, any other show that had a season like that, that's it, you'd be you wouldn't be invested in that anymore. They've taken so much time and care into at least progressing everyone's stories so that you can kind of see where it's going. I think that's what, not saved it, because that makes it sound as if it was terrible, but at least gave you some reason to watch it and stay invested. You know why I think it worked? And I just consider this now, uh, because it's so short. Yeah. Uh, every episode is only like 30 minutes long so yeah. if they try that with like a 40-50 minute show yeah, then it would get really tedious because you're like come on guys let's let's have something <laughs> actually happen kill vampires <laughs> uh, I think we should move on to the other characters the council of sisters uh, they're mm. completely new to this show they're not in any of the games. They're a completely unique creation, except for Camilla. She is yeah. from the games. But uh, how did you feel about those characters, Chris? Um, I enjoyed the dynamic that there was a whole kind of ruling council of four and each had a different role of like, okay, this is who does what. This is who, you know... Like, Striga's the war path. Like, Morana is the uh, organizer. And, but the thing is, is like, as a show progressed, I remember you, you guys were talking about like, it felt like set up and it didn't really do much. I felt like Carmilla kind of just yelled a lot and Striga being, you know, the war leader. I would have loved to see even just a flashback of like, mm -hmm say in season two with godfrey it has a flashback of him just murdering people in like norway or scandinavia wherever it was like just give us something so we can be like oh you know this is a character this is you know the war leader okay you know that meets her, that's gonna be a big and a good fight oh i i can't wait to see it but in terms of we said it a little earlier too like while Carmilla and Marana are all scheming, Lenore, there's a scene she says with Hector where she says, you know, I, I'm the diplomat. I make peace. Because of that, people think I'm weak. You know, you won't make that <laughs> she mistake She definitely again. is not weak. Uh... Mm -hmm. And, well, not to go too far ahead, but let's just say he does make that mistake again and her master plan kind of becomes like the genius and ruler of them all you never saw coming you're like whoa yeah. <laughs> okay like this is real like because i come from a little bit of game of thrones background i love seeing you know kind of the slow intrigue character development how everything kind of blends together and works really well with that she and did just, it was brilliant to see she did a phenomenal job. I kind of wish they had uh, given a little more time to Morana and Striga. Mm. One of my favorite scenes of those two is actually when they're just sitting on the top of the church talking about their relationship mm. and what they could be doing. But unfortunately, that's 
that's all it was. They were talking about what they could be doing as opposed to giving them some actual yeah. active involvement in the plot. And of course, that's going to come in the next season. Yeah. But we have to wait. We have to wait like a nine months to a year yeah. for that to happen. However because... long they decide they want to take. Say that again, Mick? Mike? Deciding, well, however long they decide to actually take to make the season. Pretty much. It could be anything from nine months to like a year and a yeah. half. They don't. Yeah. That's the curse and benefit of streaming mediums. You don't have to like release on a specific schedule. Yeah. Right now, Netflix is basically releasing one fantastic show every uh, single month yeah. that I want to watch. So I'm like, I'm sure I'll find something to keep me distracted until then. But uh, you really get to see the importance of the different types of tacticians with the four, even though they didn't have as much screen time. Exactly. Le Leonor absolutely like stole the show for better or worse uh, from those other characters, including Carmilla, who is supposed to be the leader, but just like, she's supposed to be the leader, but then uh, to go ahead a small bit, freaking Leonor comes in and has basically manipulated everything they want into happening. And it seems like everything this uh, Carmilla does is actually counterproductive to her own her own personal goals she's she's dragging the man that she needs that the forge master to the thing naked in chains like you could have killed the guy uh what are you going to, what are you going to do then uh travel to africa and pick up isaac uh or whichever corner of the world he was where where in the world was he that's that's one thing i wasn't particularly sure is like where he ended up I they know never was, really explain that, did they? He was talking to an African man at some point, but they didn't specifically say, like, was this man from this area or not? Or has he just sailed to there? Well, he ended up, like, going through the portal uh, at the end of season two. That's how he ended up, like, on the other end of the world, and he basically had to try and... Uh, he ended up in a desert, and he basically had to find his way back. And... Let's give Isaac a little bit of attention there, because... He was kind of disconnected from like the main events of the story, uh, even more than Alucard was. But there was some interesting stuff that happened with him. And you said yourself, I think it was you, Mike, or was this uh, Chris, who Isaac was really standout for them? Me. It was. Yeah. Care to elaborate? Just the fact that he, you could, you know, they put him as this guy that he knows his abilities and he is. He knows what he should be, but he wants to give humanity a chance. And he actively says to people, please don't, please don't annoy me. I'm not trying to hurt you. I don't want to fight you. I just want to be on my merry way. And then everywhere he goes, you can see him just being kicked down yeah. and kicked down. And if people had just shown him, an, you know, an inch of compassion, he could have panned out a completely different character in my opinion. I, I, I feel they might have given him a little bit of more compassion if he wasn't, like, didn't have an army of demon hell spawns <laughs> yeah, trailing behind him. Just it. just a personal observation of mine. Uh, yeah. It kind of yeah. makes... 
it kind of makes it's the whole you know i i don't have any bad intentions here message kind of but here's my army yeah so i don't want to fuck with you but uh <laughs> if you if you get on my bad side i i may have to uh and and we would prefer not to do that <laughs> there's one amazing scene with him where he's talking to one of the creatures uh it was like halfway through the season i think and that to me was like was a very kind of i'm really loving where this is going kind of scene mm. he's like the bug-eyed kind of creature and he talks about his oh, past yes asking if he remembers his past wasn't it asking yeah asking if he remembers mm. his past and like trying to like understand like it, it actually like you usually just see these kind of creatures as like henchmen they're just yep. like disposable monsters that are just there for for the sake of it but by and most of those designs are just like generic enemies from the game mm. so that's what they're considered in the game they're just creatures you yep. knock down on your way to the end but he went into so much like detail about who he was and what his past was and what he believed in and why he believed in it that you again kind of felt sorry for him uh in a messed up kind of way and you're like you know what maybe humanity doesn't deserve uh maybe humanity doesn't deserve this as a kind of thanos was right kind of mentality uh maybe we suck say that again Maybe we suck as a society. Well, we well, we do suck, and that's kind of like mm. the reason why a lot of these things are the way they are. Uh, that man, that creature, like, suffered because of other people, yeah. and it was that kind of suffering that made him... Not to justify it or anything, but that's the kind of suffering that made him into the way he was, and yeah. now he's just angry and bitter and wanting to get his revenge because he has the chance to. He was taken out of hell, and... Uh, and you don't get you don't usually get that development from a, a small little character like that yeah can I ask you guys to fill me in on a little story detail because I feel like I missed something while I was watching the show uh, when Isaac was climbing that, that tower and taking out the guy at the top why was he there what was like his uh, mission it was the mirror um... at the top wasn't it Oh yeah, the Carpathian uh, yeah. transmission mirror. I think they were talking about because um, I remember there was. I, I actually took. I remember really detailed notes as I was watching the whole season, but because um, I remember there was a collector in. I can't remember if it was, you know, supposed to be like Turkey or like Ankara or something back then, but. He had the transmission mirror he was looking for, got the uh, distance mirror instead from the collector. It was a gift. And a couple episodes later, he was traveling along. And one really important bit before the magician is he comes across a village with the one woman, yeah. you know, the old grandma-like yeah. character. But I remember she had an eight-pointed star on her neck, which really stood out to me because that seemed like the... Uh, mark of chaos or some type of thing and a couple mediums like whether that be warhammer medium or you know ancient mythology and mythos a mark of chaos and she seemed very like oh i'm mad i'm not as powerful as i used to be but you know she uh had that glowing purple aura about her and essentially guided him towards a magician like oh you can fill your army here 
So I think it was a dual purpose of he wanted to fill the ranks of his army as well as get the Carpathian mirror. And it's just an awesome, bloody scene along the way. The scene itself was phenomenal. Uh, Probably the second best fight scene in the whole whole movie. And there wasn't even that many. That's a good thing. There wasn't like a huge amount of action. When there was, they sure as hell made it count. As Massidy put it, uh, uh, also to get a huge supply of fresh bodies. (laughs) Yeah. They're literally raining bodies from the sky. Uh, And... I think we know where this is going to go in like future seasons. He's going to, this army is going to be uh, taking on Carmilla directly. Probably. Uh, do you think he's going to end up on on the side of the good guys? Do you think he's going to end up supporting Rick or Trevor and Cipher so. and the rest of them? Because they're trying to like. I think they're trying to suggest that he's going to go towards a more n- noble. I use that word loosely in this case, but uh, more decent direction. Like uh, he's going to pe- bring peace to the world with his army of demons. Uh. See, this is where I think the what I was saying before about nobody giving him a chance will come in in season four. No one has given him a chance in season three. Everybody's just immediately exiled him, told him to go away. But I think he's going to come across Trevor. Trevor Cipher, maybe well, maybe Saint Germain if he if he comes back, and um, from there, you know, they'll see him maybe a bit confrontational at first, but I reckon they'll accept him in, and he'll think, oh, maybe you know, maybe everybody isn't so bad, <laughs> and that's where you know that's where the forces to take on Carmilla will come from, at least in my my way of thinking anyway. And then they will go and try and like recruit recruit Alucard back. Yeah. And it'll turn out that Alucard isn't quite so willing. Uh, yeah. I think that's one character we need to discuss. Because I kind of feel like we're intentionally avoiding him. Because <laughs> uh, it's a bit conscientious. A bit controversial, in my opinion. Especially as a fan. It was quite a controversial direction that they took him in this season. Because, again, as a fan, it's completely contrary to what I know of this character and who he's supposed to be. Uh, I'll let you start this one, Chris. How did you feel about Alucard in this season? I enjoyed the first couple bits I saw of him. And in the next couple of episodes, he's introduced to Sumi and Taka, who he takes on as disciples. And... I thought it was going to be a nice little, like, okay, you know, we've got Isaac and his army. We've got Hector building the thing, Trevor and Cypher and Lindenfeld. Like, all the forces are going to come together. This is like Avengers, I thought it was going <laughs> to kind of. Avengers <laughs> assemble. And uh, as it goes on, they keep asking, like, oh, you know, or can the castle not move? Like, is there something you're not telling us? Is there... So I thought what was going to end up happening is I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of subtleties here. Like, because I remember a shirt and I, uh, we watched a little bit of it together and we were like, do you think they're like, they ever really left Cho's thrall or that there's still like operatives for her to kill Alucard? 
that's like the, there was uh, a hunch lot of me directions and I thought well, it was going man. to take of like that could be really cool but it honestly kind of hurt me a little bit because in episode nine um well there's really no other way to say it they uh did some shipping and there is a bit of an interesting romantic development <laughs> can you can you uh can you uh answer something for me they're not siblings correct i honestly don't remember if they were a warrant sumi and taka we're, we're, is it just like this is just a thing we're doing in movie in tv shows now where like brothers and sisters just kind of do stuff together uh, i was assuming they were twins yeah uh mm-hmm. those are two very comfortable siblings <laughs> which kind of threw it, me off i think it kind of threw us all they, off it, it, it is i've just googled it and they are brother and sister it is especially oh true alucard off i was like okay uh i guess that's just the thing we're doing in television now thanks game of thrones <laughs> oh oh gosh i forgot about when that was revealed way back when in game of thrones <laughs> yeah see but. that's sorry go on Oh, I, I was just going to kind of finish out the thought. It was, and then I was like, oh, you know, this is the big reveal, like kind of weird flex, but okay. But then they <laughs> revealed that like nobody tells them anything. And like, we've been apart our whole lives and like Alucard is restrained and he's saying the whole time, like, please, I know your lives have been hard, but don't do this. Or like, I haven't ever lied to you. But then it's like a weird, because I, understand he killed them out of necessity like because they were going to kill him going to kill and him, it yeah. shows him weeping on the floor in the fetal position but like immediately after that it seems an almost complete 180 where he's like i could have left signs out you know do not enter trespass of death but this seemed to work well enough just like dead old dad <laughs> Which, of course, I, I did like that part because it was a play on words of the uh, dear old dad. But he left them on stakes with their throat cut. And I was like, this isn't him. Like, I yeah, get what it's... they're trying to do. But this, you know, you have like Carmilla and the Vampire Council and you have other things that could it kind of ruined the Avengers Assemble. I was hoping to... uh you know, see and have happen. But I guess we'll see what happens going from there. Just adding on to that as well, I think that's the biggest problem I had with Alucard's arc in this season because it reminds me so much of Walking Dead, if any of you have watched that. I have not watched Walking Dead since, like, season one. (laughs) Yeah. Essentially, the main character, Rick, for the first five seasons, goes through and absolutely obliterates everybody that stands against him you know same as alucard he's he's powerful he doesn't show mercy he's very very good at what he does and then suddenly season six season seven of walking dead he's essentially groveling at the next bad guy's feet for no real display and i i think i kind of linked those two together it's kind of the reverse of that where he's gone from like this decent noble vampire yeah. to just daddy daddy yeah. issues. Uh, yeah, 
I've got daddy issues. Oh, look, I'm lonely. There's two people that I don't know that some, some for some reason want my help and tracked my castle. Huh, it, that it, doesn't seem it was to too, me. The way I see it, it was too much too quickly. Mm. I, I think what could have worked is if maybe they'd introduced them in season one and like cl- yeah. closed off that, or sorry, mm. season one, season three. And intru- yeah. and it feels like so much of a setup that I'm almost treating it like it's the yeah. start of the show. Mm. Like the f- last two seasons were just like the prologue. And like yeah. now we're getting into the real story. Uh, but going back to my point before about wanting to, you know, flesh out the descent into madness with Alucard, it's like even if from the first episode, you know, they've shown Alucard going through, doing his, you know, his odds and odds and sods that made him go crazy. And may, even just having those two coming back, like, hi, we're back again. Will you, you know, will you train us? And eventually just wearing him down little by little until he gets to the point where, you know, oh God, I'm so lonely. It's been a month. And then he accepts them in. In my opinion, that would have made more sense. A month was definitely not long enough. Uh, mm. Even six months. I, don't, I feel like a person doesn't go that mad from loneliness that yeah. quickly. Especially as vampires don't really seem to be affected by time. A month isn't a lot to a vampire, especially as he's what? What? How old is he at this point in time? He's, he's got to be. He's 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 older than any of us. Let's just put it that <laughs> I was going to say probably combined. <laughs> probably more than that. I'd say a few hundred years old. Uh, hmm. I don't remember the specifics. I'd say maybe two hundred. Uh, yeah. And in the games, at least, like he's still around, like. Six, seven hundred years later. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere. Mm. But well, that's what I think what you were relating to. Just it was too much, too sudden, too quick, and yeah. then goes completely against what the character is. It's my only major complaint, I would say, yeah. about the season. That's what they did with him. And it's it almost like feels like they're like, we have to do something with him, so Yeah. This he's is, got to be there. This is where he's... Yeah, you could take him out and nothing would have changed in the story. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Pretty much, now yeah. you think about it, that's the problem. <laughs> it's obviously going to... It's there to create conflict later on, but that's not all that satisfying uh, in the context yeah. of like the overall season itself. And if you... If you uh again, if you just took him out, it would the story would uh, not be affected in any way, and they just they had to do something with him. So they should have had him. He should have gone with them. He should have yeah. been with them. He should have been traveling the world with them and do, doing things together. Uh, yeah, trusty trio. Exactly. That's how it was in the games. So that's not to be a purist or anything, but there's a reason <laughs> why they did that in the games. Uh, because it made it for a more interesting game. <laughs> yeah. So, final character roundup, and then we'll discuss like our final thoughts on the on the show as a whole. Uh, Saint Germain loved him. Mm-hmm. Bloody amazing! Character. That sequence in the tunnel, best sequence yeah. in the whole movie. The was there any relevance to like those scenes we actually saw in the tunnel? Or would they just like, let's just make up the most random, crazy stuff uh, that we can think of? There may have been some. 
but I imagine you'd probably have to be quite either there was nothing there or you'd have to be quite a diehard fan to notice. I am a diehard well, fan. and That's uh, true. I'd say if like, you didn't notice anything then, that's probably... Like one of the creatures like with the legs yeah, is like an actual monster in one of the games, but other than that, they could probably make like... Maybe that's how they get like all the futuristic creatures later on yeah. in the series. Other than that, nothing there particularly seemed like it was taken from like any context within the with any relevance if anyone in the chat recognized any of those scenes feel free to let us know or what they might have been uh alluding to uh you look like you've got a thought there chris i i was going to say because uh, i was uh, thinking back on the scene trying to remember the images displayed through the infinite corridor during that but one thing that got me is there is a little like Horizon Zero Dawn robot sequence where, uh, and the significance of this, I thought about it, looked it up later, but um, it was that tree in, I believe it's Africa, in the Sahara or Namibia somewhere, but it's Pretty like famous, the yeah. only tree standing for tens or hundreds of miles around there. And it's famously significant. Unfortunately, like, I think it was knocked over by some drunk driver in, like, the 80s. But outside of that... That's humanity for you. It's, like, <laughs> most defining things of human history. Knocked over by a drunk... That's actually what happened with, like, a lot of freaking old ruins and stuff. Tourists oh coming in, gosh, just knocking yeah. shit over. And it's like, yep, yeah, there goes thousands of years of human history. Uh <laughs> random tangent go ahead oh no totally i got you um and there is also a crescent shaped ship that took off from i believe it was a little forest looking thing in the night sky and a couple of things i thought was like okay is this star trek is this like prometheus with the alien ship like and i mean of course this kind of got me excited because i'm like Okay, the first two seasons, they've kept very heavily to the lore, but with the infinite corridor time travel, like, you can go any direction you want to that's, at this point. That's not entirely unheard of in the series, because uh, Castle Dracula's castle is constantly changing, constantly transforming. In some games, they've had, like, futuristic tech monsters and, like, machinery and... Mm -hmm. Uh, stuff that seems completely whack and out of place. And then you've got stuff from like, you've got centaurs and minotaurs and gladiators and just like, it's it's whatever the hell they want it to be. So I feel like it might be possible that Alucard at some point might get access to this corridor or one of the characters and actually end up being able to recruit these creatures uh, into their cause. What I wasn't sure of is like, is it is it supposed to be a time travel machine? Is it an alternate universe machine? Is it alternate like different worlds in the galaxy? As you mentioned, the tree, so that suggested that was from Earth. Mm -hmm. um, but then there was like really crazy stuff, like the sci-fi ship and or the kind staircase of with just everything spiraling out of. I if I would have had to guess, I would think it'd be different dimensions and like timelines rather than because it did have a portal to hell 
and that's where we saw Dracula and his wife, which they would exist. I think the word is paracausally. With yeah, yeah, like parallel, you know, parallel world. world. Like hell is its own parallel dimension, kind of. Mm -hmm. I assume that's how you. That's what you mean. Uh, which would make sense. So they're like different dimensions, but some of them may be similar to our own, like the tree uh, in Africa, which is like showed like some sort of similarity there. But Germain met a girl in there, and we'd have no clue what any of that is about. Do you guys have any theories? Any? Because that's the big mystery, I think, from this season. Like, what is Germain up to? And what is his mission? Who is this, who is this girl? I don't uh... have an answer for who the girl is, but I remember from the games, and it's one of the bits of lore I do remember, is that um, Dracula and his castle reform. Is it every 100 years? Uh, it's something like that, yeah. Something around there. I mean, there could even be a possibility of, you know, alternate, well, a, a following of different, you know, different sort of arcs. You know, you've got Trevor going up against Carmilla and possibly in the future, in an alternate timeline, you, you'll follow St. Germain and, you know, whoever the woman is that he's found fighting Dracula again. I just, I, I... I just want them to hurry up and bring out a new season yeah. so I can figure out where the hell There's this is so going. There's so many ways they can go about it, and thinking about it doesn't help. Yeah, that's the problem. I love thinking about things. It's like my favorite thing to do. Uh, mm. that, that's why I have this show, so you guys can help me figure this stuff out. I think it'd be really interesting, too, because... One thing I did see that interested me with Saint Germain was not so much about the girl, but the monster, the visitor they had, was speaking to the uh, priest members. But near the final, you know, moments of the season, we see Germain take his little opal thing. I think they described it as lithomancy. Yeah, yeah. He shoves it into the guy's eye and is like, "Show me, show me where it is," and. You know, the portal opens up exactly on, like, his wife or girlfriend or whatever companion it was to him. And then he just launches into the portal. But one thing I think might have been interesting is, like, what was the uh, church planning? Of course, you know, they did the whole, like, full metal alchemist philosopher stoned into the demon thing. But, like, you know, with the infinite corridor, if it does go through time... Or different dimensions. There could be one where Dracula's wife is alive. They could go back in time and stop her from dying. Save a I... ton of people. Take the whole chain of events and like take it out of motion. And with time travel, especially alternate dimensions, it's anything. Anything at all could happen. And there's so much material to like you know, traipse through time trying to go, you know, save Dracula's wife. Or you could go into the future, you know, and try to set up a vampire world where you just enslave all the humans. Or conversely, a human one in the future, you know, like, oh, this is just way too terrible. Vampires rule everything. Like, let's get out of here, you know, just hop in, find somewhere better. It's... It's incredible thinking about it. 
So basically what you're saying is that they want to set up a Castlevania cinematic universe where we're just going to go like everywhere and anywhere. It's like, it would be a great way to maybe bring in some of the other Belmonts or mm. characters from the franchise, potentially. That, I'd never thought that. Of that would, that would actually be cool. Yeah. I, I, what I originally thought they were going to do with this show, by the way, hello, Afi. Major spoilers if you haven't seen Castlevania Season 3. Um, what I originally thought they were going to do with the show is that, like, I felt like the last story had been finished and maybe they would move on to a new generation of Belmonts, but I feel like they want to stick with these actors and characters and just come up with their own ideas from there that are inspired by the games, but not heavily uh, dictated by them like the first two seasons were, and... Personally, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm just excited to see where it goes in season four. Um, I think we should wrap up here with our final thoughts. Uh, it seems to be like mostly we agree that other than Alucard, this was a pretty phenomenal season. Mm. There's going to be mm. big things for season four. Yeah. Uh, definitely one to look forward to. <laughs> What what, what uh, at the end of the day? What did you think? Do you do you think they did it justice? Do you think? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Better better than two. Yeah. Yes, better than two. I I had to think back of everything that happened. But, <laughs> like what yeah. happened? What happened in season two? Well, they killed Dracula. Just uh, yeah. That's kind of a big deal in this franchise. Yeah, it, I was about happens. to say. I think that was one of the things with season two that kind of... I didn't dislike it, but it was like, a, oh, all right, Dracula's already gone. Whereas as someone as you who say, played the games, I, I kind of knew that that would not be like a permanent state. Oh, yeah. Uh, because is. he always comes back in every game. and Yeah. So it's kind of... like He doesn't die. He's just yeah. somewhere else. Uh, yeah. And he'll come back eventually. Yeah, temporarily I, inconvenienced exactly <laughs> he's just chill, he's chilling in hell yeah plotted his next move <laughs> i think overall they've done a really good you know they've proven that a video game adaptation can be done well you know if you really look after it and nurture your source material then you can really do something justice one thing I'm going to say, I'm not going to give Konami any credit for that whatsoever. <laughs> I fuck Konami. Um, I don't think they cared. I think they just wanted to give it to like whoever yeah. was willing and interested. And we were just lucky enough just lucky, yeah. that Warren Ellis was such a huge fan of the franchise. Thanks for sticking around until the end of the video. If you enjoyed what you watched here today, please do consider checking out our guests. You can find information on them on the top right of the page. We record these shows regularly over on Twitch covering media events and reviews of new content that comes out, that kind of thing. So if that interests you at all, please do consider dropping a follow over on the Twitch. We can also be found on social media, the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, all those kind of places. So check them out if you'd like to keep up to date with what we're doing with the channel and of course please do drop a subscription and check us out in the future take care of yourselves stay beautiful